It is yet another pleasant Saturday morning and you are on to your most compelling weekend delight, NASCO Moments Radio Show, powered by your food and household products provider, NASCO Group Nigeria. Now, do you know where your children are at this moment? Prostate cancer is cancer that occurs in the prostate, a small walnut-shaped gland in men located below the bladder and in front of the rectum, surrounding the urethra that produces the seminal fluid which nourishes and transports sperm. Usually, prostate cancer grows slowly and is initially confined to the prostate gland before spreading outside, which makes it deadly. Prostate cancer is the second most common cause of cancer-related deaths among men. Incidents and mortality rates are highly variable among different individuals and subpopulations, as research indicates that 90% of people with this disease in advanced stage subsequently die. In 2018, the American Cancer Society estimated that out of the 164,690 men newly diagnosed with prostate cancer, 29,430 were liable to die from the disease. It adds that one in every nine men is said to be suffering from prostate cancer during his lifetime. Research also indicates that men between the ages of 50 years and above stand a higher risk of suffering from this disease. This morning on your favorite NASCO Moments radio show, we will be focusing on prostate cancer as a public health challenge, the need for early detection and treatment. To address this critical subject, our guest today is Dr. Samaila I. Schreibel, Senior Lecturer, Department of Surgery, University of Joss. Dr. Schreibel is also an Honorary Consultant Urologist at the Joss University Teaching Hospital with interests in endourology and urologic malignancies. Stay tuned to your radio sets. We'll be back right after this. My name is Hudun Gyan. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Dr. Schreiber, we're honored to have you on the NASCO Women's Show today. Thank you very much. So, simply put, what is prostate cancer? Okay, so um, just as you said, um, you've talked about two things, prostate and cancer. The prostate is an organ in the human body, just as you've said, just like um, you have the liver, or the heart or the lungs. Uh, men have the prostate and it's located just below the bladder, as you said. Um, so prostate cancer means um, an abnormal growth that occurs in that organ. Um, it's usually out of proportion with the normal growth of the gland and um, is potentially fatal. Know, depending on if it's detected early or not. Uh, in summary, that would be what prostate cancer is. Okay. So what causes this abnormal growth that leads to prostate cancer? Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. Um, like many things, or like many cancers, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint accurately and say this is the exact cause of the cancer. I give an analogy. Um, if you are driving and you meet somebody um, had an accident, you want to find out what caused the accident. Okay, so it may be 
the driver was over speeding maybe he didn't have a driver's license he's not uh, maybe it was dark and his uh, lights were not on so usually it will be an interplay of factors is the same thing that happens in cancers generally um, so for prostate cancer um, whereas it's difficult to pinpoint exactly and say this is the exact cause what we do know is that um, there are a lot of uh, factors that come into play and result in prostate cancer um, of course it stands to say without any uh, doubt that only men develop prostate cancer because only men have the prostate gland um, but it's also known that the older a man is the higher his chances of getting prostate cancer so old age is a risk factor for prostate cancer um, uh, the same thing also we find that uh, people who have had a history of smoking also have a higher risk to develop prostate cancer. There is a small percentage of cases um, where um, there is a familial risk. So sometimes you find a father who has had it or a brother who has had it, the risk increases in such relations. So there's also a familial uh, risk for developing prostate cancer. There are a few other things um, like obesity is also linked with it, uh, an aggressive form of the disease. Uh, and uh, among a few others. But these ones are the principal risk factors for developing uh, prostate cancer. What is the magnitude of the problem uh, posed by prostate cancer in our society? It's, it's a huge problem. Um, it's a huge problem. Uh, when you're talking about the prevalence of the disease, that's the number of people who develop the disease over time, um, it's quite large. It used to be um, that we thought it wasn't quite common in uh, Africa or in uh, Nigeria. But recent studies seem to show that there's an increasing trend. Um, there was a study a few years ago in Lagos that showed uh, a prevalence of about, about 127 men per 100,000. But um, a more recent study seemed to show that up to 1,000 people per 100,000 you know, can develop the disease. Um, so the magnitude in terms of prevalence is increasing. But there is a more worrisome um, magnitude with regards to outcome of the disease. Um, unfortunately, in our setting, we see a lot of men coming with the disease uh, at a late stage. Okay, so we make the diagnosis, more than 80 to 90% of men that we make the diagnosis in usually come at a very late stage when it's very difficult to effect cure. Okay, so uh, that's another problem of magnitude because now you're seeing that most of the men we diagnose the disease ultimately die from the disease. So that's, that's a problem. Um, a third problem would also be the uh, financial cost, the burden of the disease. Um, the management of cancers and other things is, is quite expensive. So you're talking about it in, with, with regards to magnitude um, and the pressure on the public health infrastructure. That is also um, a serious problem. So all in all, whether in diagnosis or in treatment or in follow-up, we're seeing that it is a significant public health uh, issue. But for, you said most people present with it already late. Um, what can be done for you to be able to present yourself early? So um, I think this is one thing that we're doing, creating the awareness. Mm -hmm. When people are aware that this disease exists and um, it's likely that they come late, you know, when they know that this exists, they are likely to present early to the hospital. 
Um, so creating the awareness is a very important way of making sure that people uh, come early uh, to be to the hospitals. There are other things I'm sure we'll talk yes, about we'll later. Talk about, yes, yeah. um, it's the Nasco Women's Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you are a man or there's a man in your life uh, who you love, you'd want to stay tuned and hear more. Join us again right after this. Mama Shakara, this your shabby city shine on. And how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash cloth clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and too? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. This is the NASCO Women's Radio Show. We are discussing prostate cancer as a public health challenge, the need for early detection and treatment. Our guest is Dr. Samaila Ayushraibu, Honorary Consultant Urologist at the Joss University Teaching Hospital. Doctor, tell us about the symptoms that people should look out for since we're talking about prostate cancer. Yeah, so um, if I backtrack a little, uh, unfortunately again for this disease, um, sometimes it can be totally asymptomatic. In other words, a patient or a man may be carrying the disease and not know that he has the disease. He will live his life or he will be living his life uh, almost normally. So unless something takes him to the hospital or some other ailment perhaps uh, before it will be detected. So that's one way of presentation. Actually it can be totally asymptomatic. Um, but a second way of presentation is when a man comes and tells me, um, doctor, I have a problem passing urine. Okay, so it might range from uh, the difficulty in passing urine. It doesn't flow very well. Or he tells me that when he's passing the urine, it stops and starts on its own. Okay, or sometimes they say that um, when passing urine, after I, I thought I had finished passing urine, but somehow I felt after I had gone back that there was still some urine left in my blood and we'll have to go back again. Uh, a few patients will tell you that um, they have blood, they've seen blood in their urine. Um, now, these are generally symptoms. Um, related to when the disease is still early. Now, when the disease becomes late or advanced, uh, the patients now will come with generalized weakness, um, aside from these uh, symptoms earlier that we've talked about. So the patient is losing weight, um, has poor appetite, and uh, sometimes has back pain, or difficulty in walking, suddenly notices that, look, walking is becoming difficult. The legs are weak, not as they should be. Um, in advanced cases, again, they will come with swelling of the feet, uh, swelling of the face, uh, among other things, bone pains, you know, when the disease has released place. So the symptoms depend on the stage of the disease, basically. Okay, so I'm wondering for those um, who don't see any symptoms at all, um, what would be your advice for men generally, since it can come up like that, just asymptomatic? So that's why we're making the case for early detection. Um, for, as we said earlier, the disease, the risk for the disease increases with age. Now, generally from about the age of uh, 50 years and above, for every man, 
we advocate that he should see his doctor or his urologist preferably and the uh, doctor will run some tests and do a physical examination to help detect the disease. Okay. Now for, for those who have a family risk, maybe a father, your father had it or your brother had it, we advocate that um, these annual tests or uh, examinations by the doctor should start five years earlier. Mm -hmm. So like from the age of 45 years, if you have a family risk, we advocate that um, you see the doctor and have these tests run and um, a physical examination done. That helps to detect it quite okay. early. Okay. What are some of the treatment options for prostate cancer? Again, uh, the treatment options depend on the stage of the disease. Uh, when a patient comes with the disease still confined to the prostate, um, then the aim of the treatment is to cure the patient. So the treatment options in that regard usually would involve surgery, or for those who want to avoid surgery, we offer them radiotherapy, um, and a few other things that are relatively new and uncommon. When the disease is late, then um, what we aim to do is to give a good quality of life to the patient. And there are drugs that can be given. Um, some are orals, some are injectables, um, we also offer radiotherapy still for those in whom the disease has spread, like to the bones, we want to offer radiotherapy, um, along with the drugs that can be given. So the treatment options vary. Mm -hmm. They all depend on the stage of the disease when uh, detected. Okay, so do our hospitals have adequate facilities and manpower for the treatment of this disease? Okay, so um, our hospitals have facilities and they have manpower. And whether they are adequate, it's a different uh, question altogether. But we do have the facilities to be able to make a diagnosis. Uh, we have the manpower to make the diagnosis. But um, we can always do with more. Um, there are newer things coming on board that we don't have currently. Um, so definitely there are some facilities that we don't have on ground. But the basic things that we need to make a diagnosis and to start treatment, we do have. But as I said, we can always do with more. Mm -hmm. But um, are you talking about having this equipment and manpower in the city or all over the state, for instance? Okay, so um, there are some facilities that we don't have in the city, in JOS. Uh, some of our patients like that require radiotherapy. We need to refer to places like Abuja uh, or Zaria. A few places also in Ibadan because we don't have radiotherapy facilities. Okay, so uh, radiotherapy facilities are available in the country, but not necessarily in in Jos. Um, there are other uh, diagnostic um, uh, facilities that are required that we don't have, um, but again, are available in a few centers here and there in the country. Yes. Okay, thank you for joining us on the Nasco Moments Radio Show. Join us again right after this. Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm, Nasco Cube Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. For that sweet taste. 
Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. Thank you for staying tuned to Nasco Moment Show. Our guest today is Dr. Samaila I. Shraibu, Senior Lecturer, Department of Surgery, University of Joss. Dr. Schreiber is also an honorary consultant urologist at the Joss University Teaching Hospital. He has been sharing his thoughts on prostate cancer as a public health challenge, the need for early detection and treatment. Um, now, doctor, as a medical expert, um, can prostate cancer be prevented? What can people do if they want to prevent it? That's a good question. Um, as of now, of course, science is always developing. We don't really have a particular medicine you'll take or a particular thing you will do that will say, uh, I mean, that will say if you do, you'll never get prostate cancer. Um, but generally, we advise that uh, people live a healthy lifestyle. Okay, so um, if you are smoking, please don't smoke because, as I said earlier, the risk increases for those who are smoking. Um, get your weight under control. Uh, eat healthy. Okay. Um, those generally help, whether it's with prostate cancer or hypertension, they generally do help. Um, the thrust for us is generally for early detection. We keep um, emphasizing the point that men who are above the age of 50 should present themselves to the hospital to see a doctor and just ask for a checkup with regards to their prostate. The whole um, physical examination and maybe the test won't last more than 30 minutes and then you are done. So early detection is still the key to uh, managing this disease. For now, there are no clear-cut preventive uh, measures that will stop the development mm. of this disease. Okay. Uh, in order to clear some doubts, is prostate cancer a communicable disease? No, it's not. Mm. It's not. Um, so you cannot get prostate cancer by uh, shaking hands with a patient who has had, who has prostate cancer or hugging a patient who has prostate cancer or staying in the same room with him or sitting in the same place, no. So prostate cancer is not a communicable disease. Mm. It's not. Okay, how can people who are infected with the disease be assisted to cope with the huge burden of the treatment? Uh, so this is a big question. Coping with this disease, um, it's, 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 a, it's a big task. Uh, one of the things I see with my patients is when you make the diagnosis, there's a lot of psychological trauma. Um, it's, it's a huge burden. And um, so the patient or the person that has that diagnosis usually needs a lot of uh, psychological support from his close or his family. Um, usually we start with the spouse first um, because both the diagnosis again and the treatment impacts a lot on the relationship that a man has with his wife. So um, there's a need for psychological support from the spouse, from the children, from the family unit, uh, from the church, the mosques, whatever. Um, there's also a need for financial support. So I said again, the diagnosis and the series of tests that uh, patients undergo require a lot of money. The drugs are also costly. Radiotherapy, as we said, not available here. So people have to travel elsewhere. So there's a lot of financial costs. Um, so patients usually need a lot of support in that area. And um, usually um, a lot of this, if the government could help, especially like the health insurance scheme, which currently doesn't really um, shoulder a lot of the burden, the financial burden for prostate cancer patients. So that's another um, aspect that, uh, uh, that patients require a lot of support from. Mm. 
So what would you advise people to advocate for since um, it's going to cost a lot of money and um, probably as a family or you, you cannot afford all these bills. Maybe you can't even afford to travel to Zaria or Abuja for radiotherapy mm. or such. So how would you uh, advise them to advocate for support, whether from government or anywhere else? Yeah, so um, for places that are developed and also I think for our country as we advance, I think the way forward is um, to get to the point where the health insurance scheme that we have covers for a lot of the uh, burdens, the financial burden that the patient now currently shoulders. So whether it's in the diagnosis, the tests that are required, or in the drugs that are written, um, they, this would we would need the stakeholders in the in the medis, in the in the health sector to really um, get to a point where we can remove some of this burden from the patient into the national uh, health insurance scheme. The um, uh, other point also would be that um, we need a lot of non-governmental organisations to key into this. Um, you find a lot of non-governmental organizations involved in managing communicable diseases, tuberculosis, malaria, but you don't hear uh, these organizations managing or being involved, rather, in the management of um, uh, uh, cancers. So that's another uh, place that I think we need to advocate for. And then um, maybe finally to bring some of those facilities um, when we have to refer patients elsewhere like to Abuja for radiotherapy, you can get a radiotherapy center in Jos. That would go a long way in also reducing some of the challenges. What would it take for us to get a radiotherapy center in Jos? Uh, well, a lot of political will, I guess. Mm. Uh, a lot of political will. And then, um, of course, there are some regulatory uh, bodies that also um, monitor the use of radiotherapy because those are like nuclear energy issues. I'm aware that I think there are some moves to get uh, one in yours, but um, I think it's still in the pipeline, as, um, as we say. Okay, so um, maybe we should um, start talking more about it in order to, for, to uh, get them to do it um, rather quickly so that our people can benefit from this. Do you have any final word? Um, final word, I think it's um, to remind the general public that this disease is here. Um, it's potentially curable if we detect it early and that can reduce a lot of the problems, the challenges that people face. The problem usually is if it's detected late. So my final words would be to advise again, as I've said before, for middle-aged men to please come to the hospital, ask to have a prostate screen, you know, from your doctor or from your urologist. Uh, that might be one thing that will really go a long way in helping solve this problem. Yeah, some people have the attitude of, I'd rather not know, because if I know, then I'm just finished. But if you if you don't know, it certainly won't help you, will it? Uh, not, not at all, at all, at all. <laughs> all right, thank you very much, Dr. Samaila Shwaibu, for your value time and insights on the NASCO Moment Show today. It's my pleasure, thank you. Um, he has talked about tackling the challenge of urinary tract prostate cancer, the causes, the solutions where they can be found. I will have to draw the curtain on the NASCO Moment Show here. Uh, remember, you can follow the program on www.facebook.com slash NASCO Group or on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO Group. You can send feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805 774 
0800-677-777. Now to the Nazco Moments Trivia Question segment. This week, what disease came into Nigeria through a diplomat from an African country? And what is the name of the doctor that raised a red flag about the disease while attending him? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and write your name and location. Last week, we wanted to know the name of the umbrella body of psychologists in Nigeria and the immediate past president. The answer is the Nigeria Psychological Association and its immediate past president is Professor Andrew Zamani. Congratulations to Leo Ogba from Opata. You will be receiving a NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show is brought to you by NASCO and created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants, Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Research and Content Development, Dr. Samaila Aishwaibu and Malau Silvanus, Production Coordinator Solomon Audu, Malau Silvanus and Alex Ruben. I'm Hudun Gyangdu. Join us again for another episode of the program next week and stay out of trouble. <music>